Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, hope you're having a great Friday inside sports on 630. Chad, tomorrow, 24 hours from now, we will be into the countdown to kickoff Elks at Lions, and then the game is at 8 as Edmonton, well, I think it's a safe prediction to say they will do better than they did in week one, a 59-15 loss. Can they get the win against the Lions and Nathan Rourke, who's having an outstanding season at quarterback? I can tell you, Calgary adding to their lead in Ottawa now 13-0 at the three-minute warning, Calgary leading Ottawa. Play-by-play tomorrow here on 6.30, Chad, will be provided by my good buddy Morley Scott, who is in Vancouver. Morley, how are things out on the West Coast? Ah, beautiful. Uh, Sun is shining and the uh, temperatures are in the mid-20s. Just a beautiful day here in Vancouver. No, do we know because that roof still retracts, right? In uh, or yeah. it does retract now. It's it's kind of that cloth thing they wheel into the middle. Do we know if it's going to be opened or closed? Yeah, they say it's going to be open tomorrow. It's supposed to be really nice again tomorrow, up in the mid twenties again for most of the day. So yeah, it's going to be open tomorrow. Although when it's open, it's it's not that big of a, a hole where the roof, the retractable part is, right? So uh, you get some some bad shadows and stuff on the field, but the sunshine comes in and everybody likes it when it's open, except for the coaches usually. I know Wally Buono always was, uh, said, close it whenever you can, close it. Don't even ask me if you got an opportunity to close it, close it, right? So uh, it just it just takes the weather elements, anything from from the wind or anything involved, it just takes it right out of the game. Well. I have a feeling Wally probably usually got his way. I I, I would listen to him. If I, Pretty much. He probably still gets a vote now and then, but probably not on this. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Well, Morley, thanks for checking in. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this game. As you know, I, I'm trying to be – well, I'm not trying to be. I, I remain optimistic about the Elks this season. I, I You know, I, I go into every game thinking they're going to – uh, play well and battle and 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 maybe get a victory. Uh, I you know last season obviously everybody kind of got down in the dumps about how uh, poor they were. But like how how different is this team than the one that lost by six or seven touchdowns in the first week of the season? It's funny you mentioned that, Reed. I was just going through the two depth charts like a half an hour ago. Uh, here's here's the numbers that I came up with. Uh, from that team that played here, what was that, mid-June, right? 59-15 was the score the Elks lost. From that team, there are nine players who are who are uh, in the lineup, not starters, but in the lineup, there are nine players who aren't even on the team anymore. Uh, there are eight players who played in that game but won't play uh, tomorrow because of injury. So there's 17 different players right there. Then you break it down to the starters. And I kind of took a different approach at it, not just starters, but starters playing the same position that they played in that game. Uh, there's only two of them on defense, uh, if you can believe that. Uh, uh, Ganey and Serezna. Everybody else is either gone 
injured or moved to a different position. Uh, on offense, there's eight players who played the same position in that game in June that they will uh, play tomorrow. So it's a vastly, vastly different-looking team going into this game tomorrow. And BC is pretty much the same, and you know, obviously they haven't had to make any changes. They're 5-1 and one and off to a great start. All right, and uh, tell me a little, what's this young man, uh, who's this young man that played in the Super Bowl a few years ago? Coney Ely, is that his name? Yeah, that's his name. He played in the Super Bowl and uh, put up some fantastic numbers in the Super Bowl. He had three sacks in that game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it was in uh, it was Super Bowl 50, right, against Denver. Uh, he was with uh, he was with uh, Carolina. And, uh, yeah, he had a fantastic game in, uh, in, in that game. And he's going to get an opportunity to uh, to play a little tomorrow, too. He's listed as uh, as a backup at uh, defensive tackle behind Jake Ceresna. So, uh, get an opportunity to, uh, to see him play in the CFL. He, of course, has ties with Chris Jones because uh, he uh, worked with him uh, in Toronto at the end of the year last year. He signed here in, uh, I think, mid-July uh, after Toronto released him outside of training camp. But he's a second-round pick. He went to, uh, a, he went to University of Missouri. Um, he was played for Carolina in the, in the Super Bowl game, Reed. He had four defensive tackles, three quarterback sacks, an interception, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Well, like those are phenomenal numbers for one game. Uh, uh, his team didn't win it, though, which I guess is what bothers him most about it all. Right. Okay. Jordan Reeves was on the show a couple of days ago, and I believe most of his bios list him as a linebacker, but I'm pretty sure he's played on the D-line, and he told me he'd been lining up as a cornerback in practice. And I said, well, what position do you want me to call you? And he just said, athlete. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, but where where is he listed? Where do you expect Reeves to actually play? Uh, uh, he, uh, you know, and this is how football coaches work with the depth chart. He practiced pretty much most of the week, as, uh, as he told you, at cornerback. He's listed on the depth chart as uh, uh, the weak side uh, linebacker. But he'll mostly be involved in special teams. That's where his biggest role will be in the game tomorrow night, will be at uh, special teams. But he's got that... He's got that that frame and and the athleticism that Chris Jones likes. He's six four, two twenty five. So uh, he and he's got some speed. So he can play. He can really play all three positions. Uh, you know, he can play uh, on the D line. He can play at linebacker, and he can play at cornerback, uh, which he's which he's been lined up at this week. So I was kind of surprised to see him at at cornerback because he's a little big for that spot, not height wise, but weight wise. Those guys are are usually a little a little uh, lighter and and quicker. But he's a really good athlete. I think that's why he can play at that position. But uh, he he can. Uh, I'm sure if there's injuries, he could fill in at any position, uh, D line linebacker or in the defensive backfield. But like I say, most of his work will come on special teams uh, tomorrow. His okay. first game back since uh, getting hurt week one in Vancouver in that horrible game that they played here. So uh, he's done his stint on the six-game list. And I talked to him this week, too, and he's pretty excited to, to get back in and, and, and make an impact of some kind. All right. So I played your Q&A with Nathan Rourke. Mm-hmm. And the only reason his stats, the only reason he trails Zach Kalaros in most of the passing stats is because he's played three fewer games. Yep. His completion percentage is 79.3. I have to admit, Morley, early in the season, I kept thinking to myself, yeah, we'll see, kid. Let's, we'll see. Okay, you did it for one game. Let's do it for two. Okay, you did it for two games. Can you do it for three? I, I guess I'm kind of eating my own words here. I mean, the only team that slowed him down was Winnipeg. 
uh, will Winnipeg tend well, to slow everybody down? I, I mean, yeah. Canadian quarterback, I mean, an incredible story. And I mean, he's one of the best. It's not just like, oh, he's a Canadian quarterback and he's, you know, good for him. He's starting. Like, he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, uh, and he's in the MLP conversation already, and, and he's got a quarterback efficiency ranking of 124.7, which is best among quarterbacks who play every game. So, yeah, he's he's the only blemish you can really find on his uh, resume this year is interceptions. He's got six interceptions, uh, but he's more than made up for that in other, in other departments. Like, I mean, that's like I think that's like fourth in the league in interceptions. So he's thrown a few picks. Uh, and that's again six interceptions in only uh, in only six games. So um, yeah, he's he's been great, and everybody just he's so good. Just you, you talk about what he can do with his arm, and then he can run with the football as well. Remember the quarterback sneaks that went for what thirty eight yards in that first game? He just he just did the little end around and took off. I, I, I he also started that game. Reed, you'll remember at the end of last season in Vancouver, the final game of the regular season, and I mean wipe out the stat uh, to a certain extent because the Elks are playing their you know third game in seven days and it was just an atrocious schedule for them to wrap up the season but in in the start at the end of last season and at the start of this year uh, he's thrown for 641 yards and four touchdowns against the Elks and he's ran for 112 yards and five touchdowns so he's either thrown or run for nine touchdowns against the Elks in two games that he's played against them as a starter so he he really seems to be the real deal and the only thing that uh, separates him, I think, between him and Zach Kolaris for, for MOP voting at this very early stage of the season is the fact that uh, Kolaris is unbeaten and amongst his wins, he's beaten, uh, he's beaten the BC Lions. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a good, good quarterback. And he uh, looks like he's going to set himself up to become one of those guys who's, who could be in this league for a long, long time and be the face of the franchise already here and maybe a, a pretty prominent name in the Canadian Football League moving forward. Yeah, he's a, he's a pretty amazing story, and he doesn't miss a lot. If if he's got a window to put the ball in there, he's going to put it in. And yeah, and as I said, I don't know. You you said you play. I don't know if you played it all or not. But I said, like, is it does it has it come to as easy as it seems? Because he he looks yeah. like he's had no hardships, right? He's just he's just come in and he's just lighting it up, and nothing has gone wrong for him uh, through his his tenure yet as a as a quarterback, especially this season in the Canadian Football League. One thing I am looking forward to is seeing what Chris Jones has in plan for him because uh, Chris Jones has had two weeks to prepare for this guy, right? Uh, the Elks had the bye week last week. So, you know, Chris Jones doesn't take any vacation time. He's not going home to see anybody. He's staying in the office, turning down the lights and watching video and uh, putting together a game plan for Nathan Rourke. So I'm going to be interested to see how the Elks come out. If you go back to last week, that game against Saskatchewan, uh, he they they got after him quick. I mean, on that the first couple of series, I mean, they were two and outs, and and he got sacked. He was forced to run. He threw an interception. Uh, Saskatchewan was doing something early on in that game that they they either got away from or BC made the corrections uh, uh, on their side of things to get them get back going, and then they came back and BC scored all those points to come back and win the game from what was it down seventeen to four. So I'm really interested to see what Chris Jones has in plan and what kind of game plan he's going to have for Nathan Rourke tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll see. Well, and the one thing I've noticed about the Elks, they like they they do make adjustments, and and like they, it's it's weird because they they got beaten so badly twice, but all the other games, they're they're right there, and and I have seen different approaches and different play calls in the second half and adjustments uh, a, along the way. So you know that that is that is encouraging. 
Yeah, it's a pretty seasoned coaching staff. I mean, Chris Jones and Steve McAdoo, uh, they've been around for a long time as as coordinators in this league. So uh, they do know how to make adjustments, and the rest of the coaching staff has, has got a lot of experience as well. So they they have been good at that, and, you know, it's allowed them to – you know, it allowed them to come back in Montreal. It's allowed them to stay close to other teams in, in certain situations. So, yeah, the, they have made adjustments. So, uh, we'll see. I think they'll have to have made, you know, the, the make some adjustments going into this game uh, with their defense to try and try and stop and slow down Nathan York. Okay. Morley, appreciate you checking in. Have a good Friday night in Vancouver. Have a great call tomorrow night. I'll be tuning in. Let's see if they can get the win, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Rito. Talk to you later. All right, that is Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for Edmonton Elks here on 6.30. Chad, it is 6.30 for the countdown to kick off tomorrow, and that game will start at 8 o'clock. We'll see if the Elks can show uh, slow down the Lions. Nathan Rourke, who, uh, again, completes on 79% of his passes this season, 16 touchdowns, just one behind Zach Kalaros for the lead, and Kalaros has played three more games. Now, of course, Winnipeg, as we were talking about with Bob Irving, is 9-0, and so that's pretty... Well, that's extremely significant, the wins and the losses. But uh, Rourke's an exciting young player. Taylor Cornelius, the quarterback for the Elks, has looked decent. Uh, I think decent. Looking more comfortable than he did for most of last year when he played. Uh, I think coming off that game against Winnipeg a couple weeks ago, I, I think the ball needs to go down the field just a little bit more often than it did against the Blue Bombers. They certainly drove the ball, but couldn't get into the get it into the end zone. They did try that one long bomb pass to Kenny Lawler, and it kind of went through Lawler's hands there inside the 10-yard line. So we'll see if that's an element that the Elks can add to their attack tomorrow night. We got a pretty big event coming up in Ice District tomorrow. We'll talk about it when we get back. All right, good to have you along for the ride tonight. 13-0, Calgary leading Ottawa at halftime in the Canadian Football League. Baseball tonight, Blue Jays and Twins are scoreless. They are into the third. Well, there's uh, been a lot going on in and around Rogers Place. Of course, the Oilers had the playoff run. We had the FIBA 3x3 there. There's some special Friday events uh, in Ice District Plaza. And tomorrow, we got the inaugural Pride Cup Ball Hockey Championship. It is uh, the Edmonton Rage against the Calgary Pioneers. Free admission with gates opening at noon. And I'm pleased to welcome Inside Sports from the Edmonton Rage. Brett Stam is checking in. Brett, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, sir? Good, Reed. How are you? I am doing very well. So uh, noon tomorrow, Ice District Plaza for the gates. The puck is going to drop at 2 o'clock in this ball hockey game. Tell me a little bit about the Edmonton Rage. What's the story? Uh, Edmonton Rage, we're in, on our third year, actually. Third year, uh, Edmonton Rage, we created the team to create a safe space for people to play hockey. Um, people who didn't feel safe playing on a team that uh, wasn't, I guess, titled as all-inclusive. Um, and we're happy to provide that space. And we've blown up since our first year. And then we kind of got rocked around a bit with COVID, but... Uh, here we are. We're stronger than ever. And just last year, we partnered with the NHL. So that's kind of what's brought up uh, this event uh, at Rogers Place with the Oilers. Okay. So I assume usually this is an ice hockey team, but you're doing the ball hockey game tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. We play in a rec hockey league at Edmonton. Um, we're one of many LGBT all-inclusive hockey teams across North America, if you will. But 
this this will be the first time the Rage is playing ball hockey. So it'll be a fun time. Okay, and you're playing a team from Calgary, the Pioneers. Is this a team you've played before? Is there an actual Battle of Alberta rivalry here? Or, or what's yeah, a little bit. We work, get a little work. nasty? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, of course, uh, we, we work very closely with them. They're a lot of our friends. Uh, but yeah, for sure, there is a Battle of, We have hosted the Battle of Alberta with one of our sponsors, West Edmonton Mall. Uh, we've, uh, we host that every year uh, at the Ice Palace there. Um, and uh, so this will be uh, this will be another one of a kind of event though with uh, with this will be bigger a bigger event than we've ever done uh, for that Battle of Alberta. So this will probably be the this may be the official Battle of Alberta title. Uh, okay. Whoever's taking this one home tomorrow. Okay, well now the pressure's on. <laughs> the rage better win it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, and just tell me about the, um, the, I mean, we've seen initiatives, you know, with, with the Oilers and, and pride tape and the, uh, uh, you know, the hockey is for everyone, uh, motto and promotions and things like that. What, what does it mean to have OEG, the actual Oilers in, involved in this and to have the event right in ice district? It must be pretty significant. Oh, that's huge for us. Um, that's, it's really showcasing exactly like you said, hockey is for everyone. Uh, we're trying to take it away from being just a, a one week or one week here or there or an event here or there that's a Pride Day or whatnot. Uh, as uh, Pride Tape is coined, uh, the Pride 365 to have uh, have Pride, to have it, uh, have something all inclusive. Uh, this is really um, every everything that happens, of course, uh, only promotes uh, promotes what we're doing and. This tomorrow is really gonna really gonna take it off. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of attention on this uh, from Ice District, from the Oilers, uh, and even even just talking to you. Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully people uh, people know the word. The word gets out there, and people can enjoy themselves. It's a full family event, and um, yeah, we look forward to yeah. it. Yeah, well, again, you can go into Ice Desert Plaza at noon. The game is at 2. There's some other entertainment going on. You can grab a, a, a food or a snack or whatever you want. They're going to unveil the Pride Cup. I, I think, uh, I know Mac T's coming on with me a little bit later. I think Ben Scrivens might be hanging around as well. So there will be some Oilers alum um, on scene. And are, are you playing, Brett, or are you more of a coach, manager, organizer, or are you going to be playing? Yeah, no, I'll be uh, I'll be throwing the jersey on as well. I'll be uh, I'll be playing with the rest of the team. Uh, Scrivens and I heard also McTavish will be there, uh, and probably I wouldn't be surprised if there's some um, some other familiar faces. Okay, but. so there you go. Yeah, Mac T's hopping on with me at seven thirty tonight. So hopefully you can get him to to coach or something like that. I'm sure he would. Oh, love there that. You, go. you know, he's coaching the Blues now, so. <laughs> so here you go okay well hey, hey uh brett i hope this is a great event and uh of course we're pulling for the uh edmonton team so have fun out there tomorrow man i really appreciate you coming on the show awesome thanks so much for having us all right that is brett stam from the edmonton rage tomorrow at two o'clock the pride cup ice district plaza as they're going to be taking on the calgary pioneers and the uh, gates will open at noon with the puck the ball hockey puck the ball dropping at uh, two o'clock that's going to be uh, a good one and good for uh, oeg for being behind that as well okay it's inside sports on six thirty. ched we are taking you into we've had a fun week here on the show we've had some great guests including brett uh you know ken holland popped on the other night uh we talked some football with kai loxley we had lucky whitehead from the bc lions yesterday i was taking you through my 
trials and tribulations of trying to get rid of some VHS tapes. Well, I just simply, uh, I, I don't know how many I took, maybe 40 or 50. I kept some that could have monetary value, those we discussed last night. Probably not, but maybe a little bit. And I kept a few other ones that I, I just couldn't bear to part with. But I, I, uh, I gave some to my buddy Kevin Martin, not the curler, the gentleman who we've had on the show a couple of times over the years. Kevin Martin, he owns the lobby. It's a video store on uh, White Ave. It's between 108 and 109. I, I love this, too. It's, it's, it specializes in horror movies, and they're underneath a daycare. So anyway, I, I called up my buddy Kevin. I said, would you have any use or would you want these VHS tapes? He said, just bring them by. No worries. So there you go. I thinned out the collection a little bit, and Kevin Martin at the lobby is now in possession of them. One of the city's all-time greats, Double E legend Jim Germany, when we get back. 